Recording in progress, David. It's the Central Division. Michael, nice to see you. Good to be seen. We're both in our homes, our respective home bases. <laughs> Let's establish you're in Los Angeles. I'm in New York. Uh, but I did see you in New York last week, which already feels like a long time ago, but that was very nice. It was nice. We uh um <laughs> we 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 had a lot of uh a lot of moments together, David. It was nice. <laughs> we uh it's good to get off Zoom, get into real life. It is good to get off Zoom. It's also fun. I I have this thought, like, do you have things that you only do with people when they're in town? I feel like is the more you're in New York and you're like, oh, well, I'll see a Broadway show when my parents are here <laughs> or something that you don't quite do for yourself. And so then when you're here, like, we went to Keens, which was great. Your idea, very, very good. Um, you made a friend. You made a friend of Keens. Well, you know, you don't go into bars very often where there's like someone that completely bombed. Um, but <laughs> wasn't me. It was it was, a, it was a random man. Yeah, I enjoyed this very much, though. That man who was very drunk. Um, we well, just to set the scene, we went to Michael and I went to a a restaurant, a Japanese restaurant, kind of in the basement of a midtown office building. So I was still living in my like post Tokyo vibes and this was a place michael had told me about in the first place so the first time i went was with you so that's that was kind of that was very fun and then we wanted a, a nightcap so we went to Keens, kind of close to closing time for them and the person next to us like we looked over and like he's ordering like oysters rockefeller which is always like a strange move that's much less at like 11 30 or 12 and you the, can take it from full, <laughs> a full plate of only bacon was the other order a full the side of bacon and oasis rockefeller is just like a really <laughs> unusual order that should have been our first sign that uh something was was trouble then what what was the next what where did it go from there you know the, i don't think we even noticed who was eating that or who was there i don't even re i just remember seeing the plates appear and kind of half you know we're, we're having a conversation we're not really paying that much attention to what's going on and then I'd say like 30 minutes later, I noticed just a man standing <laughs> behind you, look kind of looking at the back of your head in a way. And I thought, what's going on here? And then he then, then he puts one hand on your shoulder. <laughs> and <laughs> and then we noticed that his pants are not fully buckled. So then that's when it got that's when things got got real you, for you, David. You generally, you generally aren't in a bar where they're selling a two hundred, where there's Pappy Van Winkle or like two hundred dollar bottle of or you know glass of scotch where someone's belt is unbuckled. That, that, <laughs> you don't see it that often. Like maybe maybe at like an airport bar, I don't know, but I, I don't really know where you get that. But that it was. And he was he was um, pretty dressed up. He didn't seem like he seemed just like at the end of like a very long business dinner or something. But he was fully, fully gone. I mean, not there I mean, at all. There is that moment where, I mean, first it's just, it's not alarming. It's just like startling when someone is like enters your space and clearly is, is like on the far side of sobriety. But then there's that moment where it kind of like the sway, like it, he was very close to like toppling over that you just don't see very often anymore. That's no. sort of, I mean, that's like happened to the character Freddie in Mad Men. Like that, that's kind of where we, that guy did have a little bit of a Freddie vibe. <laughs> it just occurs to me now. Oh, and we know how that ended. It, it was, um, this it's, it's something you one. see in the holidays. I feel like you don't really <laughs> see it that much. Like in December in New York, like this is, this wouldn't be ready. Yeah. It was the Merry warm up Christmas. for that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it was very nice to see you. It was fun. We like, the bar at Keens, which I'm sure a lot of people here like, like we got there and it was just 
beside this lunatic it was like <laughs> basically empty and it was so nice to sit there and like they have all sorts of like you had some port i had a a calvados and you just you like new york is giving it back and of course we, it was too good we had 25 minutes and then it it had to be brought back to earth but every now and then new york gives it out keynes is really interesting too because it is really such a like a little shelter in you know because mm. there's like madness outside and taco mm. bell and you know sixth avenue and 34 yeah, people Hill. leaving there's like right there yeah. yeah and it's just it's and then you go in there and it's like a different world entirely which is pretty pretty interesting like for it to be in it's kind of in a terrible place although it's very easy to get to yeah no, it, it's definitely it that has some of the tokyo vibe where you're like if you didn't know it was there nothing would make you think it was a good place yeah and it's funny i've been with people i was just some italian people and i'm just i was like where do you go when you come to new york and it's so funny to hear what they say and interesting i shouldn't say funny and so many people i've just heard recently saying like how much they love Keynes. like i think mm. it, it it's in the imagination it's a little bit like the oyster bar grand central even though that place can go either way but it perf but it's much better I mean, the oyster yeah. bar, the room is good, but everything else yeah. is sort of subpar. Although I think it got like new owners or something, right? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it was funny because he's Italian. You had that, that in, place too, but you had that in your guide, like about uh, don't skip the oyster bar. It's not really. I worth think you got to be re really narrow about what you want to get from it. You know, then you can enjoy the room. You know, have a drink, have something, and maybe go into the saloon and kind of have a like don't. I think it's like good have, for a good, good good place to meet someone for a drink mm -hmm. pre-train, pre right? If they, they have to yeah. train, then you could do that. Or like grab a quick lunch at the counter, something mm -hmm. simple. Like then yeah, I think it's good and then you're in the room, but like generally it's disappointing. I, I would also say that in other places, the, the quality of oyster kind of excellence around the city has caught up and surpassed it probably. Like it's, we're in a, good time for oysters it's just wild how good they are in many places like it's not an afterthought or it's not yeah um how long have these been sitting around or whatever it's <laughs> uh, a good a good time um we also went speaking of a place that has good oysters a place i like where you and i went we had an event for viberg at the commerce um and that bar is great uh that place is really it's so good everything about it it's is good the the music isn't too loud there's they they make really good really good cocktails in a way though that isn't overly fussy uh, for some reason they only have an american wine list which i don't quite get that but whatever like a great beer on draft that comes in an icy mug even though we're kind of at the end of beer season it's just a, and a few are we at the end of beer season in the is this it what are we in yeah i think so old wine season i didn't we're, know beer we're, had we're, we're, oh it did i think summer like I think we're in, by a grill. I think it overlaps with short season, though I don't acknowledge <laughs> short season. <laughs> I, I'm trying to end beer season because for me, I've been drinking like an extraordinary amount of beer and it's really not good because once you get in the habit, then it can, it's just always a good solution. And it's, I don't know if you're, I, I do, I, beer really is a great invention. You, you can't quite beat it. So you have to keep it into the summer and then you, yeah, now you move into you know, other, your own wine, your mm -hmm. um, a little scotch, maybe you start thinking, you know, anything that gets, even though it's going to be 80 degrees in New York tomorrow, for goodness sake, it's like, I can't, psychologically, I ended my linen wardrobe, like it's done. I haven't like washed my suit since I got back from Japan. I'm like, I'm not going back. And now I almost have to go back now or just wear wool and other things and like be all uncomfortable. It's just mm -hmm. very upsetting. 
I don't be wearing tweed. I live in California. I don't have these seasonal things <laughs> don't really work for me. So beer, I think beer is kind of always on. Oh yeah. yeah. If you're in a place I've been where drinking, the... I've been drinking more beer though. Not I don't drink a lot of beer, but I've been substituting a beer for a glass mm. of wine or a cocktail mm. because I've been trying to optimize for sleep. David, you know, hit my sleep goal. <laughs> well, does be- does beer make you sleep better and wine make you sleep worse? Yeah. Yeah, mm. the, the data is that well known, or is that a specific? MW? Well, I think it's like a real old man thing to be like, "Oh, you can't <laughs> drink red wine." <laughs> it's so Excellent. bad, but but uh, I, I mean, it doesn't stop me from drinking red wine. If I was out someplace, I would drink red wine. But you definitely, you do, you do definitely sleep. I I sleep worse. I don't know if it's. I think it's sort of common for mm-hmm. people to sleep worse if they drink red wine but uh beer doesn't seem to do it but mm. i don't drink a lot of beer i'm i'm i i i think i drink a lot when i go to new york mm. and i did last week but i, I didn't t- notice I, <laughs> <laughs> but typically i don't drink a lot you know well i it's funny these i mean it's nice to see you here and it does feel like uh there's a certain quality of like returning i think what's great about new york that it still exists in the imagination and all great cities like it exists in the imagination of so many people. And when you go back to these places, you have a history with Keynes or, you know, Grand Central and, and what Baltazar or and it's just, yeah. it does have, and I think that for some reason it, it feels better in the fall or the winter. I don't know why, just because New York seems so specific as the holidays and all that and decorations. And I think that's, that's a nice thing that New York, which, I, it, sometimes it seems like it's a little bit even more chaotic than usual these days. I don't know. Ever since the pandemic, it's just the, a lot I, of I, things about New York are tougher, but it's yeah. nice when you still get the good, the good stuff. You know, I can, I, I will say in all honesty that the last two times that I've been to New York, it have been some of the most enjoyable, just pleasant mm. experiences. Just everyone's been nice. I've just had easy, you know, I almost like was shocked by just, I don't know, maybe I had built it up in my head to be more sort of abrasive than I than it was, mm. or it just I I lucked out, or I don't know what it was, or New York's getting friendlier. I don't know. But mm. I had nice. two very nice, accommodating, enjoyable trips. And it was and it was really, really refreshing. And it's nice that I feel like I go back enough where I see you enough where if I'm around, like we make a point to meet up. But mm-hmm. if I'm if also if we can't, it's not you know, the end of the world, which is, which is good. So it's not like a lot of stress around having to. I, I stand know, by the maximize. Holland Tunnel and you wave as you go over to Newark. Now that yeah. you're a Newark man, I think that's the, <laughs> that's the key to your enjoyment is just yeah. bringing, taking JFK out of the equation. You're much the one in the nine The you know, I, 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 I love, uh, I love getting the red, the red line, baby. That's my local. <laughs> I, uh, you know, and the, we, we did go to, I want to mention that, you know, Simon Compton and permanent, I mm. was having a pop-up. I don't know if it was like officially his whole thing or what the pop pop-up thing that was going on at Jake Muser's place, but there were a bunch of like menswear people around and yeah. I went in for my like second fitting or something for that tweed jacket. That's oh, yeah. now, now done. They've notified me that it's done. I'll actually be back next week, David, for one <laughs> for one day. So I'm going to go <laughs> pick it up. They notified me, so I'm excited to see that. But it, 
hopefully it will be a cold day and you can wear it here since you can't wear it in Los Angeles. I know this tweets, this tweet you got in Scotland, right? Yeah, this is the, and this was at your encouragement Mm. at Campbell's at Bewley. And I bought, I bought the cloth, shipped it to Italy. Jake fit me, did made the jacket. So I'm, and it it looks nice. It's going to take forever to break in, especially because I'm not going (laughs) to, not going to be able to like Michael Haney, this thing and wear it every day. I was with someone, I was with a friend uh, the other day, we were fishing actually, and he said, I wish there was a company that would just break things in for you, because I was talking <laughs> about this bag I got that looked way better when James Harvey Kelly carried it, and it was all broken in. He's like, imagine you just, your shoes, your suit, your bags just come back like ready to go. And I was like, that is great, but I think I think we just that have exists. to put in the hard work. But <laughs> that exists, that's like worn in jeans, like you, they they make them and sell them, you don't want that. <laughs> that I don't want, I, I, but I just, I do like the idea of, I mean, it is nice to be unfussy when you have something and it's almost like you need it. Maybe it's like the Remova that has its first dent that we've talked about mm-hmm. in the past. And then you kind of like get less fussy about it. And I, I do think guys get these suits or that's why they don't want to get a linen suit. Cause like, Oh my God, there's a crease. I'm like, embrace the crease brother. I think you, the key to breaking it things in is not having a million things. I like it. You know, it's like when you only have a few options, you just end up using it so much more. Right. I mean, that that tweed jacket's never going to do that for me because, you know, where I live. But, you know, I mean, my goal is not to be a weirdo about it or, you know, goofy about it. But my goal is to just own that thing for a really long time. So that's great. We'll we'll get it there. You know, no, it is funny. I have like four kind of barber style overcoats, each one for like such a narrow. I'm like, oh, a cold day I can wear it over a sweater this one is like a light rain and then it's like why just have one and wear it and it's your only one yeah and uh it's sometimes you have like you you overthink the niche that you need this for though there is something very fun about like I've got this uh, velvet jacket that I'm gonna wear if I'm invited to a this one event on New Year's Eve that's like <laughs> never gonna happen you know and then uh, it's just it's too many uh just yeah stick I, with the thing you have and wear it a bunch I was thinking about that too, because I'm like looking at my closet thinking I have all this stuff. I only wear like 10% of this and I wear that 10%, 90% of the time yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know, 80, yeah. 20, we could, we could make it simpler, but the, it, I, it occurred to me and I started getting rid of stuff. And the key to downsizing is really just the beginning, just to get moving. Right. It's mm-hmm. you have to start. Once yep. you start, then you can, you know, like the, the motion will carry it, but it just takes, it takes a lot to be like, all right, I'm going to drive over to wherever and donate this, or I'm going to, you know, you can't, you can't even like stress too much about like getting whatever you pay, getting money for it, or oh, it's got value. Yeah. It's like, whatever, or finding the perfect person to give it to, although that's very satisfying. Yeah. It's almost harder to do that. And that holds you back even more. I think the first thing that's hard is that you think about either how much you paid for it or when you might need it. And then you're a prisoner to that like possible thing that you're that prisoner to the possibility of regret. But Mm -hmm. guess what? Like that event's never going to happen. You're not going to regret it. As soon as you do it once, then like you said, everything else is easier afterward. You start a hat, you know, you know where to give it, you know, donate it or who to give it to is your same size. And her a size smaller than you. Yeah, it's always like I'm in the fifties one day. Size. Yeah, these are going to fit. No, they're never going to fit. But I also tell people like, yes, you think you're going to miss that thing before you do it, 
90% of the time you don't miss it. And on the rare time you do, then just buy another one. And that one thing will be the 20 things you gave away will definitely make it worth it. And you're like the simplicity of your life and everything else. I mean, more than half of the time, if I save some, I do that too. I have that bad habit where I save stuff for when I'm going to need it in that very specific instance. And then I can't find it when I need it. And then I end up, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course it's in your storage or it's in the back of your car. Yeah. Um, It's yeah. That's a funny, I, I have, like all of these fishing jackets that are like getting a little bit. I'm like, okay, so if I go striper fishing with my friend, Joel, who I think you met like, and it's absolutely freezing in November, I've got the right jacket for it. And I'm like, wait, that's one day a year. I'm I'm (laughs) holding out for this thing that then I have to like, make sure it's ready on that day uh, when something else would be fine. Just wear two layers that day. Yeah, exactly. And then have the other thing, but uh, it is satisfying when you do have something you like and it's the right one. Um, so I got this email from uh, these, these are all of our pet, pet, uh, topics, uh, storage, giving we, away, but we won't talk, tailing. we won't talk about status that so we've been, no, I know. we're upsetting people with that, but another one that came, came to, I'm sure your attention. I got an email from my mother, you know, long time central division listener, <laughs> um, saying <laughs> supporter, she, supporter of the podcast, uh, early supporter. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, she was asking me if it was all right to contact you about getting my dad a Ramova. And I was like, oh, my God, worlds are colliding. My, you know, long time of not just mine, my whole family's aversion to roller bags is now coming. <laughs> I didn't realize that your... this was like, I didn't realize, <laughs> on it, I, I swear to God, I did not realize that it was like a, a global aversion i thought it was so so it's yeah the same way our family we don't eat raw onions and we don't have roller bags Mm. and so like i i get this email and we're and i'm just dying and of course like my mom is so so polite about it and doesn't want to bother you which is funny because half these you know jokers in your dms asking you like all sorts of stuff have never met you or um so uh, I'll let you take it from there. I said, I think it will be all right, mom, but you definitely have to ask mom because I know nothing about Remova bags, except that you know more than I do. Which You're is- going to need to go outside the family for this one, mom. Exactly. <laughs> this is not institutional Coggins knowledge. Yeah. We- wheels yeah, on bags. <laughs> so, you know, I think we all get to a point in our lives when, you know, we we can't be, can't suffer any, any longer under yeah. the weight of our own possessions while, while in transit. Uh, so... <laughs> I was going through the whole, like, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let me do a deep dive into the, you know, <laughs> Ramoa lineup, see what's going on. First of all, they're so expensive. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I kind of knew that. I mean, you, you, you knew that, but it's hard to, you know, hard to justify that, but whatever, it's cool. All good. So I was looking at them and then thinking about Wade and then I was looking at the specs and Part of me is like, man, I really want that trunk while this was all going on. I'm like, I'd like that trunk. I need that trunk. You're like, let me test this out first. I'll report back to you, Wendy. <laughs> so I was like, well, these are the sizes. How much is how long are the trips? How, you know, mm, she's kind of he packs light, but not quite as light as David. And <laughs> so we were talking about that. And then I was thinking, well, it's it doesn't it kind of the aluminum classic is the or the original is the one sort of, you know, that I really like, and I think is the sort of standard, mm. but you, he probably needs like the lighter polycarbonate one. And, you know, this is the size I did all that kind of was looking mm. at the size chart and I'm like, here's the size chart. I attached it and whatever. Mm. And then I was nice. thinking like, wait, he should just ship the luggage 
and not mm. even deal with it. And that to me is like, cause I don't think it's that expensive really. I mean, first of I all, in this. the US, you can just UPS your luggage and you could just wrap a label on your suitcase and they'll just carry it away and it'll get there. That's wow. It. And it's not so, like that crazy. But do they put plastic on the outside? How does it work? I don't know. Like a Ramoa, maybe you don't want to ship that. Yeah. But like yeah. an, if you have some nylon black bag, like or whatever, mm. like it wouldn't matter. I mean, there's a lot of places too. You know, I don't know if everyone knows this. I don't know if you know this, David, but UPS has like retail rates. Mm -hmm. Like if you go into a UPS store and you buy a UPS ground label to send a package to Minneapolis, you'll mm -hmm. pay like whatever you'll pay. And it's the full like maximum rate. It's the highest mm. tier, worst rate. But if you have like some, there's a lot of ways that you could get like the volume rate, mm. which is like significantly less. Mm. So like if, if I went into a retail store and I wanted to ship a bag, it could be like $140, mm -hmm. right? But if I printed the label through my account, which is getting a better rate, it's like $75. It's, you know, massive difference. So you don't, you don't, you know, you don't, maybe don't want to do this through like, you know, the UPS store, but gotcha. you know, th there's a service called luggage forward that people use to ship their golf clubs and whatever, but you can ship any bag. And if you're mm. going to one place, like if you're just going to hotel, Mm -hmm. Paris, you know, you can ship it. They ship it DHL. <laughs> you can get the return. So you could just leave it at the air, at the hotel when you're done. They'll just ship it back. I mean, that's, you kind of you can almost send it to in advance so you know it gets there. Like you kind of see it arrive before you fly because of the timing. So good. Yeah. So you're so like, good. it's it's not that much money. And for I mean, I don't think this is for everyone all the time, but if you're taking a few big trips a year, you're only going to one place. Pretty convenient and easy. This is so this deep Williams cuts. I love it. Also, if you did it from New York and then it allowed you to take public transportation to the airport or wherever you're saying yeah. you're safe, you're making that money and it's you're so uh, uncluttered or you let's say you check out late and you want to visit that still be stay in the city for the afternoon and be productive. And then you go straight to the airport from there. Don't have to, I love this. Yeah. I mean, it's just and then, you know, you're in the airport, you're you don't stress about getting on the plane. There's just like, you're not stressed about the airline losing it, but you're not waiting at the baggage That's claim. Good. That's you're good. not trying to, you know, it's just in a million times easier. It works. If you're not going someplace sort of far flung or making a bunch of connections where mm -hmm. you're going to, you know, I, I, I think I told your mom, I'm like, I think first world countries, this is a viable thing. <laughs> Probably don't want to do this if I don't know if like certain island yeah. places are going to be able to handle this, but it's, it's pretty convenient. And I've done it several times just because like I'm going to ship my, I'm going to North Carolina, then I'm going to New York next week and then I'm flying back. And I'm like, I can't like deal with getting my golf clubs into the city for one day and whatever. It's just a nightmare. So I do it with that sort of stuff. And it's really not, you know, it's like the cost of a car service, like you said. So hmm, I like that. That's my deep cut. And with no, remote. That's a very, so here's a funny UPS related. I ordered a, like a, kind of a thermos it's like a you know with a top that you can drink out of and it's actually it was a silver one stainless steel or silver that looked kind of like a remova and it comes from amazon or whatever and it's like all dinged up and it's like damaged and like totally unacceptable so mm -hmm. i click like return and i um amazon like there are many ways easy ways to return it now and one of them is to just drop it off not even in a box at a ups store you probably know this yeah so i go to UPS or near, I mean, there's a huge line of people. I'm like, well, this is 
I, not, not part of my program. So I go to a different one <laughs> and I walk right up and I show them this like barcode that was emailed to me once I selected by and I just gave it to them. And I realize as I look at other people there that the reason why there are these lines is like all of these people returning things to Amazon and that this is now like a part of like another part of the footprint of like modern commerce. And then I was realizing that there's an article about the return economy and how half of those things just don't ever even get back to where they supposed to start. And that well, it's like, and Amazon, I, I feel like with that thing, like Amazon will just be like, well, we're just going to get rid of this thing. And then they'll charge the vendor. They don't care because it doesn't cost them any money. Yeah. And like things never go actually go back and whatever. It's kind of wild. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a funny, I didn't, I guess I'm not that like caught up in like the world of returns, I guess, <laughs> or just the types of things that I would get from Amazon. It would never occur to me. Well, they couldn't return it. You know, it's like a, a book or whatever, like not a book, but some, a hard object that you wouldn't, but that's the whole, like people buy things knowing they're going to return them or something. Well, it's interesting now. It's, yeah, I think a lot about this where it's like, if, like I'll do things where I'll like go to great pains to not buy things online, to buy things in the store. Mm. And then you go to stores and they don't have anything, you know? Mm. And it, then you're like, you know, this is dumb. I'm like wasting so much time to try to do this. And then you just, you kind of give up and you're like, I'll just order everything on whatever website, you know, and it's just easier. Well, it was funny. I, w I went to the Lower East Side last uh, Saturday night, which was a truly harrowing experience like I, I might as well have just like you know gone and i felt like a senior citizen like on orchard street <laughs> it was just like absolutely frightening I, I mean it was just and i knew how i sounded and i was like oh my god what is going on <laughs> this is crazy and then we're going to an opening of a friend's a friend of emily's store um, which was absolutely lovely but as we were walking down orchard street there's i was like what is this this looks great and it's the new wife store wife mm -hmm. new york mm-hmm and it just, was just so, opened. Yeah, brand new, so great. And, you know, they make these wonderful kind of Western shirts. It's a little bit like independent thinking man's double RL a little bit. But to go into an actual store, and this was really well done, but like not like on a modest budget, like not like tricked out, but just thought and it, and you realize you don't expect it to be totally built out perfectly. It was like it's not like going into an actual double RL with like has been hundreds of thousands of dollars to make it look like a montana saloon for goodness sake it was just like capably done in a nice way and it was so cool to be in there and to see what they had and and just interact like in an actual store the way we used to do it they, things that are only there that i guess you could probably order them on a website and it like how the guys were dressed and what the who worked there who were very very cool and and what other little objects they had around and just all the things you like about stores and of course we talk about this a lot but it was great to go in there and it made and then you want to support it and you aren't yeah. like can i get one of these things slightly cheaper online or something you're like <laughs> you're happy to to yeah. do to do what you know to 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 support the endeavor and and you also like understood what they were trying to do better it was really cool it's nice you know to go to it's, I mean, I was thinking about this too when I was in New York. It's just nice to go. It's nice to buy things from stores because it's mm -hmm. just such a different experience than mm -hmm. it is to buy things online. And it's not about like the convenience of it. And sometimes I think convenience really gets in the way of Completely. making making good decisions. And we're like, you know, optimizing for convenience. And then what do we do with that time we gain? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like so we can scroll on our phone or something. It's like so dumb. 
like anytime I think about like I don't I can't do this I don't have time I'm like I have time I like waste tons <laughs> of time right that's good there's, that's it's, there's good. No excuse for that like I don't well maybe you don't need to need it then yeah. you know yeah. there's certain things where like I need this for my kids for this trip and it needs to be here tomorrow I don't have yeah. time to go that's one thing but like to buy clothes only buying clothes online and just like in you know at high volume it seems yeah excessive and yeah I, I saw the opening of the white store and uh, i hope i get to check it out but it sounds sounds really nice that's it's great you went there it's nice to i mean getting down at this point in my life i have to like plot out okay if i'm going to the lower east side then i'm going to go to metrograph or or Russ and daughters and make like a concerted effort as if I was traveling to another city. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, if I'm going to this place, that's maybe a 20 minute walk from where I live. I need to, I need yeah. to cluster at the other things there, but it, it was, it's really worthwhile. So anyone who's in New York and it, if you're not their website, I did look at it's very, it's simple and nice. And, and they have like, it's cool. They have these great Western shirts, some in moleskin and other, and then now they've just made like incredibly great outerwear which is not the obvious choice, like really cool overcoats. And you're like, great. Like no one would advise you to do that. They would be like, well, let's build up the collection with knitwear and, you know, khakis or whatever. And they're like, no, we're going into like crazy overcoats. And it was cool. Like I liked the fact that they weren't doing it the obvious way. And that's, it's nice to see that that's, it's not like algorithmically uh, logical and it's good to have that, that feeling. I think it's, you know, uh, wherever it is. From someone that works on or works with clothing brands, you know, and so I see the insides of clothing brands a lot. It's interesting because what you're saying is, I think, often overlooked. And the the reality with clothing brands is a merchant is what is going to make clothing brands mm. successful ultimately. Mm. But at the same time, merchants are the ones that ruin all of the clothing brands, <laughs> right? Because it just becomes like, we need the white shirt is what sells, like yeah, we need sure. white shirts and like that, blah, blah, blah. And then, no, 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 let's not build out the line this way. We need to do this. We need to have this percentage of this. Mm. Like it makes sense. And then when you go into a place where there's clearly, you know, nothing and, you know, kudos to Wythe for just doing what is inspiring to them and mm -hmm. align that way when you go into place and you see it, it's like, oh, this has not been professionally merchandised right, right. or, or it has. And they, you know, throughout Rejected the book it. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, wow, this is good. But it's, it's, first of all, it's not hard to do that. Often it's done in a way that doesn't, you know, doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but it's, so it's an interesting thing that I don't think a lot of people realize like the merchandising aspect of like, mm, what goes into lines like that. And I kind of well, look at, look at stores and see that it's like, oh yeah, this is very well merchandised, right? That's that's really that's a good point. It's funny if you think way way back to when like David Chang and Mama Fuku started, and there was just like one or two, and it was like these foods. Like some of it is like the food they would eat when they were done cooking at night, and then there was just like ham from Virginia that didn't fit with like the kind of you know some of the kind of Asian dishes, and you were like, it was just because they thought it was good. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. and the, then the fact that you went in there and you're like, well, what's this doing on the menu? I mean, now it's, it seems very obvious, but it was like, no, they liked it. And then you like the fact that they just served the things they thought were good and liked and wanted to yeah. bring to a larger audience. And that's so rare, unless you're in Japan, of course, but it's, it's great. You know, I mean, it's cool to having just been in Japan and not to dwell on it, but I was writing about it. So it's at the top of my head, like going into like the store, Okura which is owned by Blue Blue Japan. It's kind of their 
It's in an old building that's been redone in a way that you can't tell that it's part of a chain. You don't even know exactly what, like what they're selling. Like everything is different. It's just good. And you totally accept it. Like some things are from their label. Some things are vintage. Some things are found. Some things they have one of. Some things they've got they're for kids. Some are for women. Some are just like a canvas bag. And you're like, this is great. Like, and you, they don't, like if some, if you have to explain what it is, you can't just say they knitwear or whatever, or they specialize in this. You're like, you you discover something and then you they trust that it's unified by their taste and yeah. there just isn't a lot of that and i think like the perspective on what a concept shop is in japan is different than oh completely you know and that's why every brand design team goes to japan for inspiration because <laughs> you know it's like i was thinking about that yesterday because everyone goes like and it's yeah. all like inspiration and and there's so much inspiration there because they just see the world so differently. And they also go so hard into trends, like 90% of people I was talking to, actually, I was talking to the guys from Telesin, the denim brand, mm -hmm. and they were talking about their business in Japan. And they were saying, you know, when the trends on the trends fully on, and when it's not, <laughs> it's like 15% of the people are doing it. But when it's on like 90% of the people are doing it, it's just, they go super, super hard in whatever's trending which is pretty interesting. It is funny because when you're there, you realize some of that. And it's also in going back to the food, like they're now for whatever reason into craft beer. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's just like everywhere it will say like in English, craft beer, craft beer. And you're like, oh my God, are we going to have to do this? So I don't, it's not like we're a hundred percent approval. Like everything Japan does, we love. It's like, I don't, I didn't come all the way to Kyoto to sit in a bar and have a craft beer from California. <laughs> I mean, in my, in my opinion, I think, Japan does the draft light beer, cold beer thing like better oh, yeah. than any place. Maybe it's, Germany. I don't know if you know. I don't. I don't want to yeah, like Belgium. Maybe. Germany and Holland are the best, but Japan. And but I realize the that culture on this in trip, Japan is way more like it's everywhere you go. Like you get yeah. a beer at the airport. It's even it's if it's so from good. that robot. It's no, no. It's so. It's 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 not like they're doing something at the end of it. So there's this little foam on top, and it's like. It's not draft beer the way we understand it. I think most of the places like are programmed. So it's like, it's almost like a fountain drink or something. It's like 95% beer, then this foam on the top. And it's like, I was there with my friend James and he's like, this beer is incredible. Is it just because it's like hot and we're happy to be here? And I'm like, I think like, we'll have to have another one to make sure. And then the next <laughs> thing you know, you're like, no, this is like universally insanely good. And it also goes really well with all their food so oh yeah um yeah well you know, it, I, I had a I, bit yeah oh i was gonna say on the on the japanese front and the clothing brand front you know i went when i was in new york like two trips ago i think i don't know i've been to new york a bunch of times in the last couple of months um i went to have a made to measure shirt made at kamakura did we talk about yeah. this yeah no no tell us have you ever have you ever i mean first of all the appointments are bizarre it's insane like you would, you would hate I, it. I'm overwhelmed with comic. I, I've never, tell your story and then I'll, I'll come back with my. So they used to have a store on Madison and which right. is pretty convenient. The, the, I mean, speaking about buying stuff online or in person that you can't make any sense of the fit from the site. It's, it's like New York, slim fit, Tokyo, yeah. slim fit. No. I'm like, I have, I have 10 shirts from them. I have no idea <laughs> what any of them are. I, I literally like, and yeah, it's, I'm. You have to be an expert, you know, to figure it out. So I never buy stuff online because I'm just too nervous to get the wrong stuff. I don't want to deal with mm -hmm. it. 
and they ship now everything comes from Japan. So, but they do these made to measure appointments and they're kind of all over. They're going to LA and Chicago and San Francisco and blah, blah, blah. And they're frequently in New York. So I noticed, I got an email. I noticed I was going to be there for the window that they were doing appointments. So I made an appointment and it's in a WeWork, basically. It's like mm. in some sort of bizarro, like knockoff WeWork across from Grand Central. I'm like, it's fine. So we go in and the, <laughs> the room is tiny, 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 tiny room. Like it's like a it's like a, a an office for two people with sharing a desk and yeah. there's just enough room for the chair behind them and the door to open. Right. And so it's like the, the lady that's going to measure you and you, and like, you're taking off your shirt and like, you're just like in this <laughs> tiny room. I'm like, this is just so awkward, but whatever. I'm like, I, we sit down. She's like, if she wasn't Japanese, it would have been, you know, very strange, but because I'm like, I feel like it's like almost like being with your doctor. You're like, it's yeah, fine. yeah, it's a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. So it's fine. So I knew, you know, whatever. So I, I got fitted, picked out my fabrics and I was like, you know, I, this is not my first time making a shirt. I'm sure you know this, but like just one shirt make, I'm, I'm going to make one shirt, get the shirt, see how it washes, see how it fits. Yeah, and then, and like then we'll proceed. We're not going to buy four shirts right away. And she's like, but you know, we could buy three or whatever. I'm like, I'll just buy this one shirt. And it doesn't make a difference with the price and whatever. There's the made to measure shirts. There are $160 hmm. I mean, crazy. And they're made in Japan hmm. and the quality is really nice. So I ended up getting the shirt, one shirt, just to see how it fit just mm -hmm. with this process. And it was perfect. It was great. So I ordered a couple more, but I was like, this is such a good deal for, you know, people that wear dress shirts frequently. Yeah. I mean, there's, I have a hard time saying that there's a better shirt for the money. I like it. Um, it's such a, it's so funny about like the barriers to entry and what they are. And, and I always, it's really funny when I'm looking at old, like double or polo shirts, cause they will always have a funny name. It'll be like the GI shirt or the like McAllister. And it's just, you don't really know what any of it means or how it fits. But when you make like just one thing, like dress shirts, and there's still a thousand fits, it's like I mean you're you very hard to follow through. I mean it's like it's just like on the top. It's like chinos or khakis. Yeah, like, exactly. You can't. It's no, like the double RL. I have no idea anymore. There's officers chino, yeah. military chino, slim fit. It's like wait, these are all look the same to me, and I've I've got to got to sort that out. So wait, what's your, um, what's your, well, story? no. So when I was in career. Japan, just about small places and and barriers to entry, I was uh, it, just walking in, in a neighborhood I hadn't spent a lot of time in that had a ton of bookstores. It's like an area where there are publishers and universities. And it's really cool it was by my hotel, the hilltop. And it's an area I hadn't been in. There's like an old curry place. that's kind of an institution. And I passed this just Typical Japanese, like very small coffee shop, but like there's like displays about the different types of beans. And it just looks like a place that is, again, the size of an office. There's one woman working there and they look like they're the best at this thing. And then I go in there and I realize like I have to use a machine to order from her, even though like I'm two feet from this woman. And I'm like, I can't figure out the machine. And then some things like if you want iced coffee and they're obsessed with iced coffee, you serve yourself the iced coffee, but you put the machine in to get a ticket that you give her. And I'm like, I can't, like, I felt like it's sort of like going to the Lower East Side. I'm like, I'm a million years old. Uh, I'm maybe a little, don't feel like having a bit, then more people came in and I was going to hold everybody up and it was going to be an awkward situation. What like, did you do? Did you why bail is it? I bailed. In this case, I bailed. <laughs> it's like, I can't, I can't 
quite go through with this in this situation. And so I found another like perfectly good cafe, which I would not like in America, but in Japan, I'm like, oh, this is sort of a fun place where uh, like a kind of mellow, possibly chain uh, that just had like a, that sort of weird Japanese interior lighting that kind of makes you want to take a nap. And I was like, you know, this is not bad for, and and because the exchange rate's so good, like you're not getting screwed on every last thing. It's, it's like, it's a, it's a des- delightful. But having said that, I just found out tragically my hotel where I stayed the hilltop, which I'm obsessed with where Yukio Mishima, the writer stayed and had this like really one of the greatest bars in the world, bar non-non, and that I'm totally obsessed with, like literally just closed a week after I was there Wow! because they think the building is too old and the building is very beautiful. It's sort of like a, kind of looks like the Sunset Tower in LA, like, very, but a very specific place that was owned by one man for a long time. And I hope it, I hope that comes back because that is just as I was about to like force everyone to go there. Uh, it it shut down after all your favorite hotels are closing all your yeah, favorite old, old tokyo hotels yeah, or old yeah. J- japan hotels are closing yeah that's why i always stay at the marriott it's fine dave you know let's <laughs> build and build a new one well yeah um well this has been <laughs> very enjoyable we had a whole thing to talk about we we're going to push that off and we'll um we'll we'll program that for maybe this every other week is kind of good for us because then we both bring better energy rather than every week and you get uh every uh, week is good i think of, of what, my what, i think i think we need you know, like anything else like we need some i think we need a degree of structure but not too much structure <laughs> i think if we like just wing it we end mm-hmm. up like talking about airline status but if we <laughs> have some sort of theme also we've like yep. traveled a little bit and sort of been together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you know, I think that helps, but maybe I'll see you next week, David. Yeah, I'm well, I'm going to be in, I'm going to London on Monday. So I won't be I'm, seeing you then. No, I'm going to miss you. And then I'll I'm be staying be in, in your apartment though. So it'll be fine. Okay. I'll feel like yeah, I'm that's, I, uh, the door is usually unlocked. So <laughs> <laughs> not when we leave though. <laughs> good, to, good to talk to you, David. Nice talk to you, Michael. All right. Take care.